Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. If you read my blog and listen to these podcasts, you know my complete disdain for guaranteeing anything we do in the hobby to give absolute results. And that goes to the stuff we do as much as it does to the stuff we use in the hobby. You're like, huh? Yeah, there's some things that we can do as hobbyists which will simply tempt the aquarium gods, which of which I am pretty certain there are some, to pretty much kick your ass, and some, of course, more than others. Examples, please, Scott? Okay, I'll indulge you. How about this one? Here's a classic one. Never move just a couple of rocks and wood pieces, quote unquote, because that's what we always say, around your aquascape within, oh, like an hour of going to sleep at night, particularly on a weeknight or before a morning when you just have to wake up early. Trust me, you won't be getting restful sleep anytime soon. It's almost a certainty that moving one rock with the intention of opening up space or making a minor tweak will lead you to pulling out a dozen rocks, a few driftwood pieces, a plant or two, or even the whole aquascape before the job is done, which could take hours and hours without completion. I recall in years past uh, attempting that one quick adjustment uh, before heading out to work for the day. That was when I worked for other people, which... Boy, I'm glad I don't do anymore. Uh, Only to find myself deeply involved hours later, calling in sick to work, no closer to resolution. And then the room was just like filled with wet towels, pieces of rock and wood all over the floor, and the wet footprints of one very frustrated fish geek, that being me. In fact, the job may not be done for days. This thing can go on and on. At some point, after numerous attempts to correct things, and I use that word in quotes, you'll throw in the towel and just try to make things, you know, the way they were before you started this whole futile endeavor. And guess what? You'll never be able to recreate what you just had before. It's a total bummer, which will take hours and hours to correct. We know this well, but we still do this. So my advice, just don't do this. Trust me. Here's another one. Changing light bulbs, settings, or even the lighting system before you go on like a trip. This is like the proverbial kiss of death. I mean, really? Changing light bulbs is no big deal, right? Oh, trust me, it is, especially when the new bulbs are a different spectrum, you know, if you're using like T5, or if you change up the colors or photo period with LEDs, or if you're changing lighting formats from fluorescent to LED, for example. Not only, or even if you're changing, let me, let me amend that, even if you're changing an LED, one LED system to another, not only will your plants likely react a bit differently than you expect, they'll undoubtedly demonstrate their apparent displeasure at the worst possible time, like when you're away. And you may come back to a disaster in the making, or worse. The shit really comes into play when you have a reef tank. Corals hate adjusting to new lighting formats, spectrums, and photo periods. And the inevitable meltdowns which occur are often exacerbated when you're not around. And the whole aquarium can just go into a big stinky death spiral. Trust me, coming home to a tank of dead coral is a sight and a smell you definitely won't soon forget. Yeah, it really happens. Don't ask me why, but it's nerve-wracking enough just doing such a change when you're going to be home. But if you're leaving town, you're absolutely tempting fate. Be ready to replace some plants upon your return, at the very least. (laughs) Yeah, and just for my fellow reefers, there's another one. 
turning the ball valve or any of the adjustment on your protein skimmer to make that so-called minor adjustment to water intake or air intake when you're in a hurry, you're so screwed. You can't do this. I mean, there's no such thing as a quick adjustment to a protein skimmer. They are totally finicky and they're a sure ticket to headaches when you're in a hurry or even when you aren't, right? The same caution applies to making adjustments to your CO2 solenoids or your feed valve on a reactor. Ridiculously small adjustments are the only way to go. I mean, almost non-existent changes. Air, water mix ratios, chemical feeds, and other dynamics can just get screwed up so easily it's not even funny. Subtlety and time are everything with these kind of adjustments. If you rush them, have plenty of Tylenol or your favorite pain reliever, wine, or even beer available, it's a virtual certainty that headaches will be waiting for you when you're done. That's just the way it goes. Another favorite of mine, you know, taking a chance on that cool cichlid that was the perfect citizen in your buddy's tank. It's like, are you kidding me? Seriously? No, no. It's a virtual guarantee that the innocuous fish that resided so peacefully in your buddy's 400-gallon Malawi community tank for seven years without a single incident will suddenly develop a great appetite for your precious, you know, juvenile Talionothrops macrophysis or Microchromus species or, you know, your really rare pricey ones. I mean, you can practically take it to the bank. Reefers know that the same goes for that anemone that never moved in your friend's reef aquarium. And all of a sudden, it's all over the place. Ask yourself, if the animal is such a model citizen, why is he or she getting rid of it? So be prepared for knocked over corals or even worse. Why on earth aquarists even think of tempting fate by trying these sorts of additions is beyond me sometimes. Here's another one that's a no-brainer, but it comes up often enough that we have to mention it. Skipping quarantine with that, you know, healthy new addition. This isn't just superstition talking, it's firmly grounded in reality. Skipping quarantine with one fish or one coral, if you're a reefer, can open up your entire system to a limitless number of diseases or other maladies that can just create dire consequences for your entire aquarium. It's totally not worth it. We know this, we all know this, but many of us tempt fate anyways. Some of us even get cocky and brag about it. I know people that do that. And as we all know, bragging about shit like this is a guarantee that the universe and those pesky aquarium gods will even the score with you at some point. Quarantine is a vital, logical practice that's employed by like every public aquarium on the planet and pretty much scores of successful hobbyists everywhere. You're definitely playing Russian roulette with your aquarium if you skip this practice. Even if you know the source, have observed the fish repeatedly at the fish store or in its prior owner's aquarium, it's not worth it. Trust me, totally not worth it. Here's another one that we all have come into uh, contact with. Going to a club auction with that intention of just, you know, checking stuff out. You're not going to die. You're not going to buy anything today. No, no, no. Please, seriously, you've just about guaranteed that you're going to leave with fry of something. In fact, you'll probably leave with a fry of several somethings. Auctions and frag swaps are irresistible to us aquarium geeks, and the generosity of other hobbyists is well documented. You know, oh, you're a newbie? Have a frag of the Xenia or some of these Nothobranchia scunthori. Super easy killies to keep. You can't lose. Even if you didn't bring money, you'll likely leave with way more than you intended. I've seen numerous times where aquarists even ended up borrowing from their teenage kids so they could grab a fish because, you know, they were so determined not to tempt themselves that they didn't even bring cash. So my advice, if you're attending a club auction or a frag swap or a raffle, just bring cash. That little group of Bararis, yeah, you're going to find space in your fish room for them somewhere. Seriously, bring a cooler, leave restraint at home, get ready to take home some fish. Okay, so there's just a very quick rundown of just a few of the sure things, guarantees in the aquarium hobby. I mean, there aren't that many certainties in this game, are there? Well, actually, there are, and I think I focused on a few with some potentially bad consequences. There are no doubt countless others with the possibility of better outcomes, but it's far more fun to highlight the bad ones, isn't it? I mean, I kind of think it's funny. 
Okay, that's a quick rundown of some of my personal guarantees based on decades of experience and learning finally not to tempt the aquarium gods. So let's hear your guarantees in the aquarium hobby. I'd love to hear some of them. I know that you've got way more examples of this than, you know, than I probably have thought about in this little brief one. We could add it to our little database of things not to do. So go ahead, tempt fate, but don't say it didn't warn you. Stay bold, stay thoughtful, stay diligent, and stay careful, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tan and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.